Okay, good morning, everyone. Hey, good morning, everyone. Fantastic. We thought to surprise you with uh, coffee and tea this morning. I hope you're enjoying it and enjoying, you know, the chat around table. That's what it's really supposed to be. It's cafe church. You're not going to pay for the cafe. <laughs> it's all paid for, all free of charge. Just enjoy yourself. And around the tables, we'll have moments when we'll have conversation. And there are scripts on the table to actually point to the uh, conversation itself, help guide us. And I want to encourage you, actually feel free, feel at home. You know, when we have Bible study, I do encourage people to say, just say it the way it comes to your heart, okay? Just the way the Lord has put it in your heart, it's very good, it's okay, all right? So don't think you have to do, become this expert theologian for you to be able to just uh, make a contribution to a conversation, and um, those who were in the house group the other day, um, I did ask a very interesting question. And that question is, what dinosaur has the best vocabulary? Ah, it's quiet everywhere. What dinosaur has the best vocabulary? Sorry? Thesaurus. <laughs> yeah, you get a lollipop. <laughs> okay, so this morning we are really here to worship God, to exalt Him. Today is Advent Sunday, and um, it's that time of the year when we begin to remind ourselves of the expectation that goes with this season, talking about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, wherever we are this morning, it's important for us to celebrate this moment. So, we have five candles here. Three of them are all within the Advent season, the four Sundays of Advent. And then the middle white one is for Christmas, on Christmas Day. So, today, the first Sunday in Advent, we look forward with hope to Christmas and the celebration of the birth of Jesus. As we light this first candle, okay, it's happening here. The other one, more or less, said, not me this time. <laughs> so this one is happy to be lit. All right, that's good. <laughs> so um, as we light this first candle, we recognize that it shines with hope and faith. So let's pray. Oh God, you know us better than we know ourselves. You know our beings and our doings. In this time of Advent preparation... Help us to spring clean our lives. Help us to deepen and strengthen our relationships to you, to others, and within ourselves. Take our hands and lead us on this journey. 
this journey, Lord, of discovery, this journey of fellowship with others. Father, Lord, we pray in your mercy that you will hear our prayer. We ask, Father, Lord, throughout this service, you will open our hearts to connect with one another. Open our hearts to feel the freedom, the liberty that you have given us. Open our hearts, Lord, to share what you have even placed in our hearts for one another. And so, Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, you will take absolute control. Everything will be done to the honor of your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to listen to our Bible readings. Uh, they'll be taken from Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, and Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14, and finally, Matthew 24, 36 to 44. Isaiah 2, first five verses. <coughs> Headed in the NIV, the mountain of the Lord. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and he will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The second reading is New Testament, Romans, chapter 13, and this section is headed, The Day is Near. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, but rather 
clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. And the last reading is taken from Matthew 24 and this section is headed The Day and Hour Unknown. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, right up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. May God bless his word to us. Now, children, you would think sometimes, okay, they are children, but a lot of times the way their mind works is very interesting. A boy told the dad, dad, I want to buy a ladder. A ladder? You're not doing any work in the house. Why do you need a ladder? He said, well, for when I go to high school. <laughs> as far as he's concerned, he's been hearing about high school, and he's been working in his mind, okay, if I'm going to go to high school, I need to prepare, get a ladder to get up to high school. And our son, Rock, bless him, sweet little boy when he was under two. And we were just walking from the house to the church. And Nedna was taking him along. And he was pulling back. What's the problem? Leave me alone. He was pulling back. And so, what's the problem? He said, I'll hold myself. <laughs> he didn't want the mom to hold him. He said, I'll hold myself. And he held himself and was taking himself to church. That's, I couldn't just stop laughing, thinking about the fact that he thinks he'll hold himself. He doesn't need any adult. He's able to do it by himself. I mean, that sometimes is the way we probably are push to live our Christian lives when we think we can do it on our own. We don't need God. Everything is okay. So far as I'm able to put food on my table, so far as I'm able to do what I need to do, I'm okay. I'll do it by myself. No. 
when we relate with God, it's not only when we are praying for God to do something for us, but actually that God wants us as his children. He said, our father. So God wants a relationship with us. And you need a relationship with your sibling. And we are all siblings in the house of God. We need to relate with one another. And so the Psalm 122, as you know, someone pointed earlier, is that Psalm of a journey. It's called the Song of Accent. It's about 15 Psalms, you know, that really from, I think, Psalm 120 or 121, 15 of them flowing. It's called the Songs of Accent, where, you know, the temple in Jerusalem was at the highest point in the city. And so going to the temple was climbing up the hill, climbing up the mountain. So he says, I was glad when they did what? Said, let us go to the house of the Lord. And the house of the Lord was up the mountain. And here he is hearing people say, come on, it's time to go to church. And he was so excited. He said, I was glad. He didn't complain, oh, this Sunday morning again. Oh, I don't want to be there. That's not what. You know, he said, I was glad. When they said to me, let us do what? Go to the house of the Lord. And it says, this temple, being on the mountain, you know, it has to do with making an effort. If you're climbing up the hill, for those of you who do walks through the week, okay? Sometimes you go up hill. Sometimes you go down hill. Sometimes you're in the valley. It's all about the experience of life. But it says, I was glad. And it's very personal. I. Where do you find your joy? What gives you joy? Because sometimes, you know, if someone says, um, oh, I didn't see you in church last Sunday. Why are you asking me that? No, actually, they love you. They missed you. <laughs> so he said, I was glad when they said, oh, let us go to the house of the Lord. And so he joined the company. It was a group event as we have come together this morning to enjoy fellowship and to worship God. So I was glad. I was looking forward to it as I was leaving the house. I said, wow, who am I going to see this morning? Praise God. Excitement. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. And being that idea of a company journeying together is really, as we were doing around our table, chatting. You know, remember when uh, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to the temple to worship. And after a few days, they were going back. And all the conversation, and maybe they were talking about maybe this preacher. Oh, did you hear what uh, that person said? You heard the you know, and they forgot about Jesus. And somewhere along the line, they suddenly remembered, where is Jesus? <laughs> He's nowhere to be found. And then they had to go back to Jerusalem to look for Jesus. And when they went to Jerusalem, then they found him in the temple, preaching the word of God, little boy. And they were like, what's going on here? We've been looking for you. So well. I have been doing my father's work. 
You know, we've been talking about front lines. That wherever God has planted you, wherever God has placed you, is your own what? Front line. Where you're doing God's work. So, the psalmist says, I was glad when they said, let us go. It's movement. It's an effort, as I said before. And if we are going, I'm not going to be dragged to go. No, it is self-will. Someone mentioned about, you know, self, you know, decision that you've made. So it's something that I have decided I'm going to do it. If you're going, I'm going with you. Thank you, Emily, for that. Looking out for one another, that's where it comes. That's what the Bible says. Rejoice with those who rejoice and do what? Weep with those who weep. Because we're in it together in reality. And so we are able to watch out and look out and support one another. And so I was glad when they said, let us go to the house. And you know, the mountain is where I love Swanley. And up there where you have Asda, it's like the highest point in Swanley. You can look down this way. You can look down the other way. So those of us who live around that area, God bless. <laughs> we are the highest points of the mountain. But you see, so in the mountain, you have the opportunity, the vantage position to see more broadly. And the mountain we're talking about is the mountain of the house of the Lord, the presence of God. You know, in your little corner in your room, that's a mountain when you make it your place of worship and prayer. And so that's your mountain before you come here when we all gather together, but you start from your little corner. So there are mountains dotted around the place, across Swanley and the area, that we are all drawn up. You see, being on the mountaintop, and you can see, Isaiah said, oh, I think I'd like to go to that scripture. Isaiah chapter 2 that we read, Isaiah chapter 2. It says there, this is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among mountains. There are mountains, there are other mountains, make no doubt. There are other things wanting to attract our attention, wanting to draw us away from God. But there is one mountain that is chief, and that's the mountain of the house of the Lord. Isaiah saw this vision of the mountain of the Lord's temple established as a chief among mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Wow. Streaming to it. No wonder people would go to Jerusalem in those days to worship. This could be our own Jerusalem. All right. So, thank you for this slide to remind us. Okay. It's a road. Sometimes you have to make the decision. Do I go left? Do I go right? Where the devil begins to bring things. As I said, there are many mountains. If you are climbing, sometimes you can get to the top. I don't know how many of you have seen this um, little advert of, I think it's Amazon or one of those companies, of someone going to deliver a television up in a skyscraper. 
Oh, is it Specsavers? Oh, yes, it is Specsavers. And he got right to the topmost floor and knocked on the door. Delivery. And the woman came. She was wondering, what delivery? I didn't order anything. And she looked at the paper. He said, it's the other building. Oh, see the frustration in the man's face. It's like, you mean I'll go down again and start climbing the other one? You see, when the enemy wants to take us away from God, he brings all the things that excite. The Bible says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. So, it says there are these mountains, exciting things, things that want to draw us away from God. But when we face what the Lord has given us, and the beauty of being in company of others is that they will actually help you. And if you look up to encouragement from others, yes, they will. And that will help you make sure that you're always in the right place. All right, if we move on to the next one quickly. And just for us to begin to wrap it up. So, how do we get to that top mountains? One, joy. Advent is a time of joy. It's a time of hope. Joy, the Bible says the, Lord, the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. It's our strength to carry on going. When you just know that there's something up there, you just keep pushing and going. It's an infectious enthusiasm, an exuberance. Wow, what a day. No wonder it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. So instead of complaining, the psalmist wakes up and thinks against him and he says, wow, this is what the day that the Lord has made. It's a life of expectation and hope, knowing that one day God who kept the first promise is going to keep the second one. And also, it's about assurance of faith. The assurance of faith we have calls us to believe God. The Bible says, those who worship God must believe that he is. And he says, is the one who blesses, rewards those who diligently seek him. So, we need to cultivate and maintain that robustness in our faith. Don't just allow anything to knock down. And if you're knocked down, get up again. Keep moving. Maximize your time with the Lord. I talked about the mountain also being in our little corner. So what time do we make for God in our day? When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing to do? I know sometimes I get tempted when I hear pinging of text message. I want to see what is there. Okay. But... And the enemy wants to take us away from concentrating on God. And if we move on then, okay, what do we focus on? Our church connection. Beyond our personal space. In the relationships we build in our families and among friends and our devotional life and working together. But let's remember our church connection. Our family life together is important. It says the joy that we have. The joy and the anticipation, we know it. The commitment that goes with worshiping together. The friendship that we are building. And finally, very important, it's not just for ourselves. Because he says they will go and call others. Someone went to do the calling. Come, let us go. And you could be the one calling someone else. They say, come, let us go. 
Even the person you've been calling before and they say, I don't want to have anything to do with church. You can still call them and one day, that will be the day God has touched their heart. And they'll say, wow, okay, I'll go with you today. Praise God. It happens. There have been testimonies about that. And if we go then to the next one, you know, we'll begin to see the summary of it all. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is really the summary of it all. Let's fix our eyes on he who is on the mountain. Remember when he was crucified? Calvary. Calvary was on a hill, the mountain. So today, let us just focus our hearts. Advent, I don't know, it's become a tradition now that some people don't really make so much about it. It's another season. No. This year, make Advent a time for you to really discover more in your relationship with God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. And we pray that, Lord, we will be your children indeed who will follow you with all our hearts and all our mind and all our soul. Let nothing hold us back, Father, as we search you and seek you through Advent as we go through our Bible studies. Lord, we pray that our lives will be transformed day by day. Strengthen our faith in you. Thank you for hearing us, O Lord. As we go through the rest of our service, may your name be exalted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.